Uh, uh, what's up, guys? My name is Adam McRoberts, and this is the Do Big Things Podcast. I am pumped. This is a really cool episode. I think everyone's going to love it. My friend Colette just wrote a book called Be That Person. It's not where you live, but how much confetti you throw along the way. Well, Colette is definitely that person. I was so excited to catch up with her and hear all about her life, her writing, and of course, her dogs. She's coming up in just a minute. Do big things, Colette. Yeah. I wanted to read some reviews that have been left for this show, but now that I'm thinking about it, it seems sort of self-congratulatory, sort of masturbatory. Uh, the reviews don't go directly to my phone, so I don't see them very often. However, I am so appreciative of these when, when I do see them. Uh, thank you to anyone who's left a review for this show. Uh, please, um, the best place to do it is on iTunes or, or Apple, but wherever you listen to podcasts, um, yeah, just leave me five stars, leave me one star, leave a couple words. I would appreciate it so much. It helps the show more than you can imagine. Um, it only not, it not only helps us to go up in the podcast ranking algorithm, but it helps guests to decide whether or not they want to come on the show as well. Uh, so help us out. Yeah. I can't do this without you guys. Um, yeah. Leave us a review. It's, it's the best, uh, way to, su- way to support us. It doesn't cost any money. However, if you do have money, we are on Patreon and I would really like to thank my Patreon subscribers from the bottom of my heart. I don't have a million Patreon followers or anything, but the people that do subscribe are keeping this podcast afloat. Um, So thank you guys, truly. I put a lot of work into this thing, and I appreciate you guys putting a few bucks in the hat every month. I love you all. Let me know what I can do for you. How can I be of service? How can I better this platform? How can I better my Patreon? Um, Let me know. Patreon.com slash do big things. Okay, uh, movies I watched this week while on the bike trainer. Yeah, baby. Uh, still not running. I think my foot's on the mend. Uh, I'm seeing a new PT. I'm hopeful. Things are good. Things are moving along. But I was on the bike trainer again this week. Um, I got five movies, so approximately another 10 hours on the trainer. Some days I don't mind it. Some days it's really a grind. Last night, it was a grind. I I actually cut it a little short last night. But, okay, movies I watched. Uh, This movie is a documentary. It's called Bicycle Dreams. It's a documentary about the race across America. Um, These guys race on road bikes across America, and um, they do it so fast. It takes, like, you know, 10 or 15 days, and they do it without almost without sleep it's insane i used to have ambitions to do this race it is insane but it's a logistical nightmare kind of um but anyways beautiful documentary i enjoyed it while i was pedaling of course bicycle dreams uh next paul newman as cool hand luke old classic um dennis hopper played a small part in it um what a what a, a cool flick um, 1967. So this is an oldie. Um, yeah, just a classic. Not one of my favorite movies from the sixties, but definitely a classic. I love it. Black snake moan from the director of hustle and flow. 
uh, Roger Ebert and guest critic, give it two thumbs way up. Uh, Samuel Jackson, Christina Ricci, and Justin Timberlake. Good flick, good flick. Yep, pedal to this one. Uh, 115 minutes, rated R. Great flick. Um, Death Proof. You know, I was thinking last week, all these are like dude movies, like guy movies. And so I should watch a chick movie, right? What chick movies pump me up to ride the bike? And I thought of Death Proof. But uh, this was written by a guy. This was written by Quentin Tarantino. And as much as I love this movie, I wouldn't call it a chick flick by any means. <laughs> and their dialogue, their conversations are, are clearly written by a dude. Didn't seem very realistic, their, their conversations as I rewatched this. But regardless, cool movie, uh, a lot of you know, car chasing, hot rods, uh, a lot of adrenaline, and uh, some beautiful women in the movie, of course. So great flick. Enjoyed it as always. Last but not least, Rocky Balboa. Never give up and never stop believing. Starring the man himself, Mr. Sylvester Stallone. What is this? Rocky Six, I guess, but they called it Rocky Balboa. Classic. Classic. Um, written and directed by Sly Stallone. 102 minutes. I pedaled to this one. Another one. Kept me pumped. Kept me going. So that's my movies for the week. Hit me with yours if you guys have any. I'm looking for new inspiration. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. I hope you all have a smile or two while listening to this episode. Uh, Have a grateful week, everybody. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. This is the Do Big Things Podcast, where we want to inspire you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing, a service for ultra runners from beginner to elite. Not only can we get you trained up, but we can also crew you into the finish line. Find us at big-things-crewing.com. Now, here is your host, Adam McRoberts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, ladies and gents, uh, welcome my, my guest today, my good friend, Colette. How are you doing, Colette? I am outstanding. Good. Good to it's, see you. Oh, it's so good to see you. It's been so long. We were just chatting before this. And so let me go back and tell a quick story. So back in the day, this is 10 years ago, 2012, I decided I was going to move to Colorado and I had no prospects, no job prospects, didn't know anybody out here. And so I just uh, sent word out on Facebook as, as people do like, Hey, I'm moving to Colorado. Does anybody know anybody out there? Any of my friends live in Colorado. I'm looking for a job apartment. Any help you guys can give me would be awesome. And our mutual friend, Steve Schwartz got back to me and said, I hang out at Boulder running company all the time. They might be able to get you a job there in Littleton. 
And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, well, that, that works. That's perfect. So I went in and I had an interview with Amanda first, and then I had an interview with you next. And, uh, and you were just the most bubbly, charismatic, lively person in the world. And I <laughs> next to Steve Schwartz, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what a good guy, though. I know. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, no. So yeah, I worked at Boulder Running Company for a while. I was just working weekends and you were managing the store at the time. And uh, yeah, what a what a cool connection. And uh, yeah, no, I just thought, man, this, this Colette lady is on fire. She's like the happiest lady in the world. So. <laughs> and then you went on to Boulder, didn't you, to do epic stuff? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still living yeah. in Boulder and, and, and still trying to do epic stuff when I'm not injured, but, uh, <laughs> but congrats on the book. You just wrote a book. So now, you know, fast forward 10 years later, you are 60 years old and you just wrote a book. Yes. Oh, I, and I don't know which of those two is more amazing. First of all, <laughs> everything that I'd be 60, um, it's hard to think. Yeah. You know, and, and age to me never really meant much. Sure. But at 60, all of a sudden you're like, huh, <laughs> I'm 60. And then I, about it. I took all last year, pretty much just worked part time, lived on white rice, worked part time <laughs> and wrote a book. And it's still it's still like mind boggling that awesome. I did. That. Yeah, awesome. Well, I just finished it last night. I got the book right here. It's called Be That Person. And I love the title because it has a period after every word, B period, that period, person period. Yep. I love that. I love that. Yep. And the subtitle is it's not where you live, but how much confetti you throw along the way, which is yep. so Colette. It, it's, <laughs> it's so you <laughs> oh. absolutely loved it. I, I, I just finished it last night and I thought it was a fantastic book, but how did this all start for, for you? I mean, from, from what I gather, you've just been journaling forever and you just dug up some old journals and kind of put, put it all together. Yeah. I, um, here's what's crazy is last year I started thinking I'm going to be 60 and I thought, what am I going to do? I want to do something, you know, I want to, I want to do something about turning 60 and I didn't know what it was going to be. Well, I had to head down in the basement here where I'm living to go. That's where the laundry is. And I had to get something and I looked in there and there are these boxes of all my journals. And I keep telling people, if I die, you have to get rid of those journals because a lot of them are <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> stuff in there. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I'm going to bring them back up. I'm going to bring these boxes back up and see. And I was like, I think I could do a book out of this. And I wanted it, first of all, as you know, you've read the book. Yes. I wanted it to be a book that people would finish. I didn't want to go into detail of too much. Mm. I didn't want to go into eight years of living in Steamboat Springs. I didn't want to go into all the detail of being a pastor's wife for 15 years. Mm. Um, the, the most detail, I think, in the book was really about the two marathons um, I mentioned, even though I'd run a bunch more. Those two marathons, um, baseball was definitely, you know, and I... I asked people to read those chapters that weren't runners and that knew nothing about baseball yeah. so that people could just get the idea that it's important to me and I needed to mention these things. Mm -hmm. 
but not so much that it gets bogged down in as you as you you know you just read it so you know it's a very quick read yeah. you know each chapter kind of and i wanted it to be just like what you're doing now you have cool. questions yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, it was perfect. That's exactly what it was. It's a quick read. And um, yeah, what do we got here? Maybe a couple hundred pages or so, 173 yeah. pages. So not even quite, mm -hmm. but yeah, super quick read. The chapters are short. You're able to blow right through it. And uh, yeah, it's just a fun, lighthearted book with like zero negativity in it. Yeah. Um, it's just very, very positive. And, and I love that. And I'm just going to read a quick quote, because to me, this kind of sums up the whole book. This is on page two. Um, it says, but you see, these really are, there really are people out there who just want to help others, people who are kind and go out of their way, even to help others they don't even know. I now think the world is filled with them. So during your life, look for these people, thank them, hug them, tell them you see their kindness. Better yet, be that person. Mm -hmm. And that pretty much sums it up right there. Yep. Yeah. And when I was going through all the journals, I thought I'm going to write a book about how I changed. You know, it, I definitely changed during 2009. And that, um, that was you know, a time in my life where I thought, you know, for so long, it's been about me and me and me. And so I thought, looking back, I was just going to give chapters of things that I've done for people. And it wasn't that. Hmm. When I read my journals, it was people that have come into my life that have just spread, as you know, the first the first page is soul confetti. And mm -hmm. that's kind of my life is the soul confetti and then soul confetti where people just do things for people to make their life easier, to make their life worth celebrating. And especially now that life is a little strange, I think for people, um, a little bit bumpy right now. I wanted it to be a thing where every day people can get up and say, okay, life's not perfect but it, it's still a good day. It doesn't have to ruin my life. It maybe could ruin my hour say, but it's not going to ruin my day. Yeah. 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 Where did this positivity come from with you? It seems okay, like so something you were just born with, but I, I think it came <laughs> from my family. I really do. Okay. Growing up, I just, I always felt, and I still feel that, and people, my, my mom would just say, oh, she just falls down in, you know, poop, and she'll come out smelling <laughs> like a rose, and, you know, I just, I always just think things are going to work out, and if it doesn't work out, even if it takes a little bit, I just think if it doesn't work out, then I'm glad that it didn't, because it mm. was stopping me from not getting what even though, it, it, you know, I get impatient sometimes, like I want this to work out, but I just always think it's going to work out. Yeah. I just think, okay, then I always, I always think, okay, is this, is this event, is this thing going to be how, if, if this were my last day on earth, is this what I want to be thinking about or doing or mm whatever, even though, and this is a quick story in when I was married, that's how I lived with my finances too. I always told Pat, I'm like, Pat, this could be my last day on earth. I don't want to be spending my money on a gas bill. 
Right. And then finally, after 25 years, he's like, Colette, it's pretty much you're going to wake up in the morning, okay? We have to start saving money. <laughs> <laughs> I just lived like that. I just, yeah. I really do. And it, it's not always easy, and it doesn't always happen that way. Boy, I can get, you know, with being, you know, so out there and so up all the time, I can definitely spiral and be like, oh my gosh, what the heck? Screaming into my pillow. I mean, that happens too. (laughs) Sure, sure. Well, I'm glad to know that you're human, Colette. (laughs) (laughs) So very human. (laughs) Because all anyone sees is is the happiness and the joy and the spreading confetti and and you embody that. And that's really you. And and that's what people love about you is you're always up. So um, thank you for being that person. You know, I mean, (laughs) that's, that's it helped having people be that person to me. Looking back, especially the people that I didn't know, you know, and I wonder nowadays, if those people would have helped other people, if people would have been like, no, you can't help me. Like, I don't trust you or, you know, I just went into it blindly. Like, you're going to help me. Great. The other day I stopped, some lady was heading down her driveway, walking it and it was all ice and she couldn't get down. She was an older woman. I pulled over and I got out of the car and I took her hand and she's like, no, no. I'm like, no, I'm just going to help you down. And I helped her down and, Mm. you know, and she just stood there for a while because I think that's kind of the thing, like, Oh no, she's going to ask me for money or she's going to grab my purse or something. But it wasn't, (laughs) I just went on my way then and thought, yep, that's how it goes. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. Random acts of kindness. I mean, isn't that the coolest thing? And and when you do a random act of kindness that you don't tell anybody about as well, you know, it's not like I'm doing this for recognition. I'm doing this for just to help this person, you know, and that's just such a beautiful thing. And yeah. Yeah. Well, so cool. Um, so you were married for a while and yes. um, you were married to a pastor and so yes. you were a pastor's wife and uh, eventually you moved on from that situation. But this is what I was most interested in. I wanted to talk to you about this because um, I grew up in a, a fundamentalist uh, family, a religious family. And uh, eventually when I sort of got to a place where I decided I wanted to start kind of going out on my own and making my own way in the world, it was very difficult for me. <laughs> like it was tough, like leaving friends behind and, and these friends that I'm leaving behind, like they think that you're ruining your life. You know, they think that you're doing the biggest, like you're taking the worst left turn of all time. Like you're ruining your life. You know what I'm saying? And um, so I just wanted to talk to you about that mostly. I mean, there's a lot to talk about, but, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on that and how you sort of navigated through that. And I mean, it seemed like you did it with a fair amount of ease, but you know, you mentioned that there were some tough times people would come into the Boulder running company and say some really nasty things to you. And I just wondered like how, how you navigated that and kept your head above water. Okay. And it was a tough time and it wasn't, like I said, I, and you picked up on that. I wanted the book to be positive. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to delve into what it took uh, day to day. Um, you know, it, for me to leave Pat, here was the hard part. It wasn't so much. And there were people that supported me and tried calling and reaching out to me, but I was, I was uncapable at that point. 
to trust, to even begin to, to embrace what they were trying to do. Everybody was just in a weird spot, mostly because Pat's and my marriage were, were fine. We were best friends. We supported each other. Um, I was just there, you know, he was pastoring. We always took Mondays off together. We always did this. And, you know, starting in about 2007, then I said, I I think I I need to move on to something else. So we would take time off and then we'd go back to it again. And then, you know, the whole incident with my knee and meeting Abby um, and meeting her and saying, yeah, this is what I want. You know, if you'd interview Abby, she would say I was nutso and crazy for a year (laughs) going through all this. Mm. Um, But that's not what the book is about. You know, could that be a separate book? Absolutely. In, you know, just navigating through leaving Pat, first of all, because, you know, and this is also a, a chapter in the book was the therapy part of going to see and it was a Christian counselor. She knew nothing about me. And I thought, you know, I I needed it to be a Christian counselor. I wanted to come from, I mean, you know, from a standpoint of, am I not so, am I crazy? And no, I was not not so or crazy. Um, But she just mentioned, you know, Colette, because Pat's this awesome person doesn't mean you have to stay with him. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean he is for you then. It's okay to leave Pat, to go out and see if, in fact, you want to spend your life with Abby, or even if you just need something different. And as it turned out, I just needed something different. I I was on a different path than he was. I've always told him I would support him. I would cheer for him as a pastor. So that was hard for me because I was finally like, no. You know, we just kept taking time off and time off and time off. And I finally just said, no, after meeting Abby, you know, she just, she embodied what I really wanted and her friends really did. I I list Paul and Liz there. They were fantastic. I just, that's what I wanted um, to do that, to live with Tater. I wanted Mm. it to be Tater and I, and, you know, that was tough too. People don't understand that. You know, I still tell people now, I love being alone. I do. I love living alone. You know, Pat still comes and visits and other people. I go out with people, but I like it being, I like coming home to me. I like it being me and my dogs. And people don't understand that and they don't have to. I like it. And it's not like I just live in this house with just my dogs and I never leave. I love people, but yeah, it was a hard time. It was, you know, getting back to that, it was a hard, like even reading it through my journals. I mean, I would sit and cry with just things that were said and that I could never really put into words um, what I was feeling at the time. I just felt very immature at the time on you know, handling a tough situation. And then when I get together with Pat, you know, we were separated. I was down in Denver. He was still in the mountains. He would just cry every time and, you know, getting together with Abby, then she, you know, and I don't blame her. She wanted an answer. She wanted to, let's just spend the life together. And I was like, okay. But then two days later, I'd be like, no, I can't do this. 
So it was kind of that, but also, and I mentioned that in the book also then, I'm working at the Boulder Running Company. It was my dream. I'm running all the time with Tater. I've got these things. I'm making friends on my own who, it, it's not, I'm not making friends because I'm a pastor's wife. I'm not making friends because I'm married. I'm not making friends. I'm only making friends because I'm taking time and they're taking time to get to know me too. Mm-hmm. And it was all these two things. It was a hard situation and the best time of my life. And yeah. yeah. So it was kind of just up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah. But I, and I always kept thinking, I'm going to come out of this more beautiful than ever. And mm. I still thought that I'm like, you know, people can say things and they're just reacting. They're doing the best they can. You know, we were all, I think at that point, doing the best we could with the situation. I don't blame anybody. I, to this day, I will not blame them. I don't want people to look, you know, badly on people from the church at all. But I just, in my head thought, I'm going to come out of this and I'm going to be able to help people through other things because of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I identify with that feeling like like when I I was in the same shoes, I had this feeling like this like I'm doing the right thing. This is what I'm meant to do. You know, this I'm I'm going down my road. This is my purpose. But but, you know, like you, you were being pulled in different directions. Like you had your your good, good friends from the church coming to you and saying, what are you doing? You're doing this wrong. And and not only are you leaving your husband, but you're like leaving the church. You're leaving all your friends. And yeah. and and they thought, you know, what is Colette doing? She's making a bad decision. And some people try and save you and some people try and blame you. And 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 in the back of your mind, you're probably thinking, this is, you guys are supposed to be Christian. Why not just love each other, accept each other for who you are? And, and there was no blame in, in your writing or, or your book or anything like that. But yeah, yeah, and I just I didn't I, want it to I be could, either. Yeah. Yeah, no, there wasn't. Yeah, yeah, no, it was all positive. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and you relayed your experience honestly. And uh, I, I thought it was pretty beautiful. When you and I worked together, um, we had a very, very quick conversation at one point, and we were like behind the cash register, and and I don't remember exactly even how it started. If I asked you what your story was or something like that, and and just in one quick sentence, you said, "Well, I was married to a pastor for a while, and then I fell in love with a woman, and then moved out." And I was like, <laughs> "Right on, <laughs> Colette, you go. That's awesome. <laughs> like I'm guessing there's a big, big story in there somewhere." <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. But you followed your own path. And, yeah. and like you said, like there was hard times over here, but good times over here, they're all yeah. happening together. You're making friends on your own. You're leaving friends on your own and it's all just happening at the same time. So yeah, I'm just, look, I'm just thinking that must've been just a magically insane time of your life. It was. And I do think it helped um, seeing the counselor that helped I also, my immediate family, I could call them at any time. Mm. They, my brother, my two sisters, my mom, um, they were just fantastic during all of this. And they loved Pat, you know, they, they knew him as long as I have. And, you know, that was my mom's thing. She was so great. She's like, 
you're leaving Pat, you're going to divorce Pat. Can I still send him Christmas gifts? I'm like, yes, mom, you're fine. <laughs> you know, so that's the weird part too, is, um, you know, just a breakup and a breakup of two people. And as, as you know, in the book, Pat and I are best friends. Yeah, he, which is so cool. Yes. And that's on him. And he, you know, and I've always said he could be the one to spit on me. He could, he could be like, Clay, you have got to be kidding me. You're going to leave me for a woman. You said you'd stand behind me. And yet he's the one saying, Colette, I didn't marry you. I didn't love you because you loved me. Okay. Whether you love me or not, I'm going to continue loving you. And I, I took a vow to take care of you. And I am whether you married me or not, whether you're married to me or not. And he has stayed true to that. He is, you know, and everybody here, I did a book club the other night and they're like, when Patrick comes back into town, can we meet with him? <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> no kidding. I'm sitting here listening to this and it's like, does Pat lead seminars or something? I should probably <laughs> sign up for this. <laughs> he is, but he would say he uh, understands animals more than he understands people. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Well, I can relate to that. And I think you yeah, can too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, tell us about Tater. How did Tater come into the picture? I, okay. I met Tater a couple times and just <laughs> what, what a sweetie. Yeah. But, yeah. but, yep. That was another thing. You know, Pat was saying we were married at the time. And I said, I need a dog. Like, I really want a dog. And for whatever reason, I was drawn to Basset Hounds. I think because they look sad. And I thought, they're going to, everybody's going to look at them and, but they're going to be happy and yeah. this kind of thing. And so he said, we're, we're just not ready. We're just not ready. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, we're, we don't have a car at this point. All we can do is walk a dog. <laughs> and so I was on Craigslist, believe it or not. This is back when it wouldn't be such a bad thing to see a dog on Craigslist. Now yeah, everyone's like, now no, you got to wonder. Don't do that. <laughs> um, and it was a basset hound and she, we, her name's Chelsea and we are still great friends. She uh, was in Denver, but we were in Fraser winter park area at the time. And she said, you know, I just, my boyfriend's like, you cannot bring another dog in. She had rescued this dog. Tater was a uh, breeder mom at a puppy mill. Mm. And she and I talked over, you know, over the computers and she said, I'll bring Tater up to the mountains and see what you think. You know, there'll be a rehoming charge and then we'll take her back and then you guys can think about it. The moment she pulled into the driveway, she lifted the back end, Tater jumped out. Tater and I were together from that point. Everything wow. was Tater and I. She even realized it and she said, Okay, no rehoming fee. And I actually brought everything down in hopes that <laughs> Tater would get along great. And she did. But then, as you know, a year later then is when I decided to leave Pat. Um, and when I first separated, the condo I was staying in, she couldn't stay in. So I would go see her um, at the house that Pat and I were living in. But I was at a condo. And then when I moved down to Denver, that's when she and I really started getting closer uh, we would run all the time. And my original chapter with Tater um, was, you know, just reading the whole Tater chapter, um, was everything I asked Tater to do, was, the answer was yes. 
And I went through the things in our life that she said yes to of moving down to Denver, third floor apartment, a first floor apartment, um, our, the best house on the planet, the cutest house on the planet, moving to Cincinnati. Um, and then the original chapter in the book said, as she got older and older, the, the things kind of changed and she started asking me to say yes. And it then, you know, where she said, I can't run anymore. Can we just go on hikes? And I said, yes. Can we just go on walks? I said, yes. Can we just go down to the cul-de-sac? And I would say, yes. And she said, can we finally just drive around in the car? Cause I really can't walk much anymore. And I said, yes. And then the, when they finally put her to sleep, she looked in my eyes and said, will you love another Bassett? And I said, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that was the original chapter, but, um, Oh my God. That, I was yeah. going to say that's not in the book. <laughs> no, it's not. I changed it because I really wanted, um, that moment when they finally put her to sleep that for me was, um, it's still the biggest grief, mm-hmm. um, that I have gone through even, I mean, she just, we were everything. And, you know, some people will be like, this is a dog, (laughs) you know, you lost your dad, you lost your best friend, and this is a dog. And it just, because dogs just know how to love. Mm. That's all they do. They don't, if I can sit there and walk home and be in a bad mood or, you know, one of those times where I'm screaming into my pillow, they just love you. They just just love love you. you. um, So that was, I wanted that moment. So I changed it up a little bit. Um, to get to the moment of being at the vet that night. So, and you're not afraid to call Tater your soulmate, which I love. Uh, My last dog, Roxy was my soulmate as well. So I totally get it. Like that dog saved my life. I saved her life. You know, those arguments could be made. Um, and I just loved her to pieces and that was my adventure dog. And so I, I totally get the, the soulmate thing. And I have another dog now who I love very much, but I don't feel that soulmate connection, you know, and, and I'm totally cool with that. But, and one other thing that you said in your book that really resonated with me is, uh, just last night, my wife and I watched a movie called, uh, I think it's called a dog's journey. Have you seen that movie? I have not seen it. I'm I'm catching up on reading. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So it's a good movie. If you're a dog person, which you are, you're going to love it. But this movie is about uh, the reincarnation of dogs and how, um, you know, they come back as another dog. And, and in the beginning of the movie, this dog was about to die. And the dog's owner said, listen, when you come back, you have to take care of CJ. CJ was his, I think it was his daughter. And, and the dog said, okay. And then, so as the dog is coming back through all these other dog lives, it's looking for CJ and I have to take care of CJ. And, and so that's kind of how the movie continues <laughs> and uh, you know, beautiful story. It's cute. And as I was watching it, I was thinking, you know, like, I don't feel like my dog now honey girl is the reincarnation of my last dog Roxy but I honestly believe that Roxy sent honey girl to me and you actually mentioned that in your book too right at the end and so I thought it first and then you wrote it down so actually (laughs) you thought it first but and then the quote was we know we know she sent us to you (laughs) when I read that I'm like oh that's it right there (laughs) that is exactly it I do not think Tater is reincarnated in either one of these two. Um, but she said, 
you two, like sent two of them <laughs> to yeah. me where I never thought I would love again. And here I am with these two. And from the get go, I said, I'm not going to demand them to be like Tater. I'm not going to expect them to be like Tater. I am going to love them in a different way. They can be, you know, and at first I thought one thing they do though, I really do want to run with them both. The first month we did that, but quickly I realized Buster, the older one, he, yeah, he yeah, doesn't want to run. He wants to <laughs> run for a hundred yards and smell and run for a hundred yards and smell. And I thought, you know, it's something I can give up right now. Um, and I thought Jolly could run for hours with me, mm. but neither one will go separately. I tried. Oh, I really? said, okay, Buster, I'm going to take you out on a walk and then maybe I'll try Jolly. And then I thought, no, I'll try Jolly first. I took Jolly out to go on a run. First of all, you could hear Buster barking down the street. <laughs> no we way. get to the end of the street and Jolly turned around and ran back to the house and Buster is on his hind legs at the door. So I said, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to force this. Uh... And, you know, I, whenever I can get a run in, because I'm not one of those people just to run to run. I just don't want to go run on pavement. I am a trail runner, you know, and if I get a chance, great. And, you know, when Patrick's here, when Pat's here, um, he walks Buster behind me while Jolly and I are running. So yeah. that works. But, um, you know, I'm not going to force that. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. just not. They are yeah. great. They are too. Buster is such a personality. Jolly is so sweet. Um, and they can be that. I know that Tater is here. She, you know, oh, there they are. If you can hear them. <laughs> hey, buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yep. Tater was my soulmate is my soulmate. She is such a part of me. Yeah. Always will be. And yeah, I have no problem with telling people that I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, and you were living in Colorado, obviously, like I said, I met you at Boulder running company from the first time I met you, you invited me out on a trail run and we went to Matthews winters park and I went out there and ran with you guys. And I remember at the time, I was like, I didn't even have, I didn't have an apartment yet. I had just come to Colorado. All my stuff was in my truck and I'm like kind of living in my truck while I'm looking for an apartment and a job. And I remember trying to hide my truck from you guys. Cause I didn't want you to know I was living in my truck. <laughs> <laughs> and we would have loved it. <laughs> you probably would have loved it. I know, but I was like, Oh, they, uh, they're not going to let me have a job. They, I'm living in my truck, but you guys accepted me right away. I went for a run with you guys and, and always had a bla blast working at uh, Boulder running company, but was that the start of your running or have you always been a runner? Um, I started in about 2000, I think in seven, 2007 is when I trained for that first marathon. That'll be in the book there. The first marathon I trained for, um, that's what got me the love of Boulder Running Company mm. and really starting to work there. It's just, it was just a good fit um, as far as you could run all the time. And a lot of times you're actually getting paid to, you know, head up runs or be yeah. at runs or, you know, um, so that was easy for me to incorporate, to keep running and to make that a part of my life. And I am just, I'm a very social runner. So I knew a trail run. I knew I wanted to get that group started. And I am definitely uh, um, love being around women runners or women in general, just, um, that bond that women have that are just a little bit different um, 
you know, than um, a male bond. And it is what it is. That's fine. And it's all great. Um, but um, so that just, it just kept going, you know, my running. And I just fell in love with just trail running in general. When I lived in Winter Park, all I did was trail run, but you didn't know it was trail runs. I mean, that's all you did. You just ran on trails. You had mm. 900 miles of trails. You didn't run on concrete. Right. You know, then you moved to Den. I moved to Denver and I thought, huh, where, <laughs> you know, and then I had to ask people at the store, like, where can I run at mountains? <laughs> and yeah. they turned me on to it. And, yeah. you know, and I was hooked from then on. Yep. Yeah. 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 Do you still keep in contact with everyone from BRC? Yeah, I keep in touch yeah. with a lot of people from there. Um, definitely Kim, um, Annalisa, um, just a lot. Yes, all the um, trail running group, um, Annalise, um, just Steve, of course, mm. um, even though he's in Thailand. Hi, Steve. Thailand. What's up, Steve? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yes, all those people, Keith and Keith and Kathy and Brendan, all those people I still keep. They were, and Lori, those were my friends. Those people, you know, surrounded me, even though they may not have even known anything that was going on, but um, they accepted me. Um, Originally, I had in there, they allowed me to go through this. And the editor, when they were editing the book, they said, you might want to change that. Like, you're making it sound like (laughs) they were allowing you to. So I had to change the wording there. But yeah, I definitely keep in touch with them. And that's going to be one of my first stops. I'm going to travel in August. And that's going to be one of my first stops is in Colorado. Nice. Nice. Just a road trip or what do you have planned? Well, I'm hoping to take the whole month off. I want to get out to California. Um, There are, well, I'd like to go all over the U.S. to meet these people on Instagram. Oh, really? My friends, now my close, great friends are all on Instagram we talk every day and I haven't met 90% of them and I want to go meet them. They have made a difference in my life now moving here to Cincinnati. They, you know, are a huge part of my life and I want to go meet them. I want to go meet their dogs. Um, so hopefully I can work that all out where I can take the month of August off and travel. Did you meet most of these people through uh, like Basset Hounds or dogs on Instagram or Are they just all kinds of people? Yeah. What's funny is I look back on my posts and, you know, I had like 10 friends, you know, in 2015 and um, just kind of met them through that. You know, they do a post about some dog and then I'd like them and this and that. And soon enough, it just is this group of people. I can't describe it. I am one of those people that love social media, that love meeting all these people um, and I want to see them in person. I want to get to hug them. They, they just, we all just are this family, a huge family that some have dogs. Um, you know, most have dogs, but some of them, their dogs have died and they still stay connected. Uh, some of them don't have dogs. They want dogs, but we are just this great family that mm. just, yeah. And I want to go meet them all. So and I want to go wanna... meet Frida out in california so you're gonna go on an instagram road trip to go go meet all the instagram friends that's really cool and that might be my next book oh nice cool i like it yeah definitely definitely do that um 
what was the editing process of this book like? Well, I mean, tell me about the writing process too. I mean, I'm guessing that you had to reformat a bunch of stuff like because I have always journaled as well. And when I go back and look at my journals, I think about trying to put that into book form. And it seems like a lot of work because yeah. everything would have to be restructured. Yes. So when I was reading through my journals, I had a piece of paper. I am one of the I am old school. Um, in fact, this was my first word document, if you can believe that. My first no word document is my book. Is your book? <laughs> uh-huh. So I would read through a journal. I would either mark a page with, you know, a sticky note, but I also had a sheet of paper that would write down, say, Amtrak trip and, uh, you know, and would mark it in the journal and then put that journal aside. Um, My dad, I knew I wanted to mention him in there. I marked that, put that journal aside things. And then other things I wrote, I had pages and pages of things that I had written in journals that I wasn't sure would go into the book. So then I start thinking okay, how is this going to work? You know, and I talked to uh, two friends of mine, uh, they're twins, and I went to high school with them. They have um, their own publishing company, but they only publish their books. So Mm. I did a Zoom meeting like this with them, and they told me about self-publishing. And they described that, and it still didn't make sense to me. But I started writing and writing, Finally, I got, I'm starting to understand that, yes, now I need, so I'm writing this then. They said, you're going to have to put it on a computer. So I put it on OneNote. Okay. So I called one of these publishing companies that they got me connected with. And they said, well, you've got to do a Word document. Like we can't just take it from OneNote. So then (laughs) I had to go like get $8 a month on (laughs) something to do a Word document. So I started writing it by hand. I started writing it all by hand and then inputting it bit by bit. Okay. I got in touch with another publishing company. Palmetto Publishing is the publisher that did the book. Hmm. And I decided to go with them. They gave me a price right up front, which is what I needed because I needed to raise that money Hmm. to self-publish. I needed to raise $3,000 and I needed an amount so that I could start raising that money on a GoFundMe. And I did, I did raise the money. So it was outstanding. You know, there were so many people, over a hundred people that gave to this book. Mm. And I wish I could mention every single one of them. (laughs) Um, So I start writing this book, writing this book, writing this book. Then I finally send it to them and they say, Colette, it has to be formatted. And they listed paragraphs and I did not understand one word of the paragraphs. You know, I don't even know what I'm doing. So I did an Instagram story and said, if this paragraph makes sense to anyone, can you please message me? (laughs) (laughs) And my friend, Twins and Pup is her (laughs) Instagram name. She got in touch with me and said, Colette, I know exactly what they want. She took that book formatted it for me and had it sent back to me when she sent it back to me it was only 88 pages and how long was your original document 188 oh dang i said megan um that's not a book that's not what and she goes yeah this is what you sent yeah i said you're kidding me i went back that's all that was sent so now i'm flipping out now i'm trying to look at my computer I'm missing a hundred pages somewhere. I can't find it anywhere, nowhere. And I had always hit auto save, auto save, auto save. Oh, so you had lost a hundred pages? Yeah. Whoa. 
it's all the, the last hundred pages where some of that, you know, what was written in just the computer. I didn't handwrite it. I started writing it in the computer. Now it, you talk about one of those times where I am flipping out, where I'm not this happy person. <laughs> <laughs> and my sister, Tootie, says, oh, Colette, you know, I just got in touch. She got in touch with her daughter. Oh, just take it to Geek Squad. They'll find it. Yeah. I'm like, Geek Squad? What's that? <laughs> so I, I took it to Geek, Geek Squad. I made an appointment. The guy stood there five minutes deep, 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 deep. There it is. I'm like, you're kidding me. Oh, man. beautiful. I still don't know where it was or anything. He said, yeah, yeah it was hidden. So, you know, that was a little bit because my whole thing was I wanted this book out by my 60th birthday. Okay. By December 14th, I wanted this book to come out. So that again was. If it doesn't happen, that's okay. You know, saying, okay, I lost this. I may have to rewrite the last hundred pages. Even that, you know, I kept trying to stay positive in. Okay. So, but there were some days I was flipping out. So it all worked out. And the publishing company, then the best money I spent. And this is what I will tell people that want to write a book. I did spend money, you know, to self-publish. A gal, Ica, did the cover. Literally, she did this in, she will say it took her longer than five minutes, but I told her what I wanted. She came up with that cover and I loved it. It's beautiful. Um, they did the cover then. I sent that to them. They did the insert, but the best money was an editor. Nobody, the person that edited my book, did it line by line, did not know me. Okay, mm -hmm. so had I given it to, say, my sister to read, some things would have just made sense. Mm -hmm. where she, when she read the book, she went through line by line and said, this doesn't make sense. This, why are you mentioning this again? Why she's also the one originally in my original book, the manuscript, the, um, the chapters were dates like 1985, uh, 1990. Okay. She said, you can't have a date chapter and then start with my dad and I in 1995, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> help me with that. She had over a hundred suggestions and, hmm. and they were great. They were great suggestions. It wasn't anything like, Oh, what do you mean? What do you think you know about my book? They were awesome suggestions. And she really helped me put this book together then. Yep. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it seems grammatically perfect. So yeah, she must've done something right for sure. Well, there are some errors in it, which, you know, I was telling people and they said, Oh, Colette, I love looking in books and finding errors. Oh, <laughs> don't you hate that? <laughs> yeah. And I was, and I thought, and I knew beforehand, I said, something's going to be missed, you know, oh. and editing it and having to read the tater chapter. I probably read that thing 20 times. Oh. I finally had to put it down. I'm like, I can't read this again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, But the editing part is what took a while and just going with their suggestions, sending it back saying, okay, now try this, see what, how that works. Um, yeah. yeah, that was money well spent. Well, good. But yeah, that you're right. That's a long process. Like right when you think you're done with the book, you yes. know, and then you send it off and then they look at it and then they come back with editing suggestions and you're like, okay, this is going to take another 10 hours of 
trying to fix all this. Oh. And then you send it back and then they send back the galley proofs. So like they have typed it up and you have to go through and look for their mistakes in there. Yes. And, oh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's hard work. And, and it's like, just when you think you're done with it and you want it to be over and you can say, yes, okay, the book is done. Then That's what like, I no, no, said. no, you're not done I yet. Said, still- I could go through this again. And I see <laughs> errors. And I said, you know, I didn't see any, I read through it. I had Pat read through it. He said, oh, and he was sitting there crying. I said, okay, so I'm going to send it in. I'm going to just say, okay, if you're crying, it's a good book. Let's send it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me tell you, I was almost crying too at the Tater part. Believe me, it was very sad. And I felt your emotion and I felt your love for Tater. And uh, yeah, I mean, but it's not a sad book. It's a very, very happy, positive, joyful book. And um, it's just all about spreading confetti. And I love it. (laughs) And everyone can do it, whether you know people or not. You know, I sit there sometimes and think, you know, at that red light when someone's beeping behind me, (laughs) like, get going, the light turned, you know, and I think, you know, most days I'm letting people through and there are some days I'm the one beeping saying, no, use your turn signal, (laughs) you know, but I want, I want it to be a thing where maybe we can, maybe we all can be a little kinder to everybody. Um, We all are going through something. We are, I don't care. You know, somebody may have broken up with a a boyfriend. You know, I live near a college campus. And even though that may sound to us like, okay, they broke up, but to them, it's a big thing. And I Mm -hmm. think if we spread kindness, even to people we don't know, I think it can change. It'll definitely change us. You know, I think the kinder we are to people, the kinder we are to ourselves. I always tell people that just be kind to yourself. Be gentle on yourself. You're not going to have it dialed in. I don't have it dialed in, but I want, I want to, I want to be kind. It's in my mind. It's in my heart. It's in my soul to be, to be that person, to be a person that wakes up and says, okay, I know things aren't going to go smoothly today. And imagine that it's also not going to go smoothly for other people either. How can I make it smoother for other people so that we can all kind of live this life together? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're living in Cincinnati now. Um, how does your, what's your day to day look like these days? Okay. Let me, I, in fact, right now my day is bringing Buster in because he's barking outside. Okay. So okay. Let me go do that real quick. Yeah. yeah no worries. Come on, Buster. Come on. <laughs> Come on, doggies. Buster and Jolly. Buster, Jolly, and Colette, the Jolly Trio. Let's go, you two. Let's go. Come on. If anyone wants to find Colette on Instagram, it is <laughs> at Tater's Jolly Trio. At okay. Tater's Jolly Trio. Check her out. Go for it. I was just giving okay. everyone your Instagram handle. Okay. Yeah. And I still have a private account. So, um, I just kind of like that. I just, for whatever reason, when people say DM me or, you know, promote it or whatever, I don't know why that bugs me, but it does. (laughs) (laughs) And I get what they're doing too. I mean, I understand it, but so tell people that, um, I'll, I'll just let them, you know, I'll, I'll let them follow me. There's not a problem with that at all. Um, but, um, my day-to-day. So first of all, 
um, Boulder Running Company was my dream job. And it's the job that used all my passions. Mm -hmm. And it was fantastic. And the crew, you know, that we had working at all times, all my years there were were great. I could go down. Every single person there um, made an impact on me. Then when they got bought out, I still, um, I was not against the buyout. I understand buyouts. We just live in that world. And um, the owners had made Boulder Running Company awesome. And why not? They just wanted, you know, they were going to just sell it and which was Mm -hmm. fine. And then it started getting into, you know, as big businesses do, it's, it's, and I'm a manager. I mean, it's got to be about metrics. It's got to be bottom line a lot of the times. But they were very, very encouraging with me that, yeah, you think you could make it the cheers of running stores and you can hand out free hugs and change the world, you know, but um, you still have to spend some time on the computer <laughs> giving me back to shoe ratio. <laughs> so they, um, I started feeling like maybe I'd taken Boulder Running Company Littleton as far as I could business-wise. Um, I really, what I really wanted was a community outreach job. I really want, I really love designing, coming up with ideas for fun runs and getting people together. And oh my gosh, the things that we did, the Super Bowl bingos that we would go <laughs> around and walk or run. And, you know, Father's Day, you'd hand out ties instead of medals and, you know, things like that. And Tony's run, I could talk about Tony's run all day. But um, I started thinking, and I had come back from seeing my family too. And I thought, you know, I've been gone 35 years or 30 years, um, at that, that point, 30 years, you know, I'd kind of like to start getting a little bit closer to my family. And at that time, I was also thinking that I'd taken Boulder Running Company Littleton as far as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of agreed, they kind of wanted to get somebody in there that could, that really wanted to sit in the back, not in the back, but I'm saying that I'm using that term as somebody that knew metrics that could follow metrics, where for me, because it didn't interest me, it, it, it was harder for me then to go, you know, to at the end of the day, do all this computer things. Sure. So they said, Colette, why don't you go to the store in Cincinnati and you can go be a community outreach coordinator? And I said, absolutely. So, you know, I don't want to give too much of the book away. The whole yeah. move here to Cincinnati um, after three weeks, I was like, no, it's just really the same job. It's just me within a big company. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no problems, you know, with Boulder running company at all with the buyout with Jackrabbit, with any of that. And, you know, I don't, I'm not, that's not it at all. It was just me within all of that. Sure. So I, I went back to waitressing. Um, and now, my day-to-day, what it looks like here is awesome. And even with these two, it's different. With Tater, she was up at 3 a.m. or 5 a.m. We'd be on a run or a walk, and we'd be back by 8 a.m. These two get up at 8 a.m., sometimes <laughs> 7.30. Um, they follow the sun. We don't get out the door sometimes till 10. Mm-hmm. Right now, um, I am delivering for ETC Produce, which is a farm in Ohio here, but they also have a stand at Finley Market, which is a famous uh, market down here. I'm saying famous, a popular market down here in Cincinnati that's just a mile away from me. So I deliver eggs, produce, and different provisions. 
And I also help out my friend, Jeremy, on Jay's Fish Tacos. He was one of the people I um, served with at Taste of Belgium. And he started a fish taco truck and it has just gone ballistic. Um, he has now got two trucks that'll start up in March. And I will continue on with him all through spring and summer, then take August off, then come back and work with him. Uh, September, October, November, and then probably in the winter, spend the winter here in Cincinnati and go back to delivering for ETC produce. Okay. Um, then okay. when I come home at night, we go on another big walk. These two, even though they don't run much, we probably do three and a half hours of walks a day. Whoa. They love they love just walking. So yeah, yeah. yep. We're to bed early too. I'm at wait, I've got to go get up this. <laughs> <laughs> so we're also early to bed people but that's what my day looks like yeah. it's part-time work and I was very dependent this last year writing the book on people helping me I mm. asked people for money a lot of times um, people did they helped me out they I sent out 10 letters at the beginning of the year to say I want to take the year off and it's going to cost me a lot and I don't have really any money mm. <laughs> People gave money to that. Not only did people give money to help publish the book, but people gave money all during the year to help me pay my rent. And, um, and right now, then uh, even now, my brother and sister-in-law, they just sent me, (laughs) I want to say this, they just sent me a huge package from Omaha steaks. (laughs) So (laughs) I'll have food to eat. Nice. You know, but that's another thing is all year people just supported me, mm. you know, and I, it's hard to ask for help. You know, I used a local food bank here um, a couple of times during the year and this homeless guy, he, I was talking to him. I said, what do we got today? He said, only raisins. I said, raisins. I love raisins. I said, too bad they don't have gas cards. I need some gas in my car. (laughs) Okay. And so I was just saying this and laughing and we're laughing. I get in my car. That homeless man comes over to me, reaches deep, deep into his backpack and hands me a $5 bill and says, will you go buy gas for your car? Okay. So it's things like this that, you know, had I not done this, had I just worked a job where I'm managing, I managed a taste of Belgium down at Finley market. And I loved that job too. And, you know, but it was 50, 60 hour weeks. When I finally got these two, I'm like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to be 60. I've got these two. I'm going to see if I can make it part-time and people helped. It didn't even matter if I knew them like that homeless man coming up and giving me that $5. I, I, it just makes you want to do that then. Mm -hmm. You know, that they think, oh, I've got it bad, but somebody might have it worse than me. If we could just kind of think that way. Yeah. 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 That's it. You know, maybe I am having a bad day, but maybe the person beeping behind me is having just a bad day as well. Yeah. Yeah. hundred (sighs) percent. What a crazy story. Uh, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I love living life. I do. I just love to see what's, what's next. Well, yeah, no. And it feels like you're living moment to moment, like you're living in the now you're, you're completely present. You're like, 
I don't know what a year is going to look like from now, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be awesome. And if I have to ask a couple of people for help along the way, then you don't have a problem doing that. And that's, what's cool is that's, what's opening up these cool relationships for you is yeah, it's super hard to ask for help, but when you do, God, the people that help you, you're never going to forget them They're You got their back forever. So yeah, it's, it's so cool. And in the way you treat people, Colette, and the way um, you are kind to people, it's just coming back to you tenfold. And that's the way it works. You know, it's just that that karma cycle. And it sounds like you're, you're on the receiving end of that finally. And, and that's a beautiful thing. It just it's it, it just is amazing. Like yesterday, I had this shirt on that's the cover of my book. And I posted, you know, I want to, I want to spread my confetti today. And yet all during the day, all during the day, someone came up and either said something to make me smile or did something, you know, I got the package from my brother and sister-in-law. I got a great text from my other sister. I got friends that are keeping in touch and other people that just the gal that lives above me did some things for me Uh, she left something I asked her last week to print off for me she folded my clothes for me it's just this like let's just all think that way that you know let's let's go thinking okay I don't have the energy today I need someone to come into me to help me today and but maybe I can give something You know, even if I just have this little spark left of me today, maybe I can give something, but be on the lookout, you know, just always being aware of, okay, you you know what, I talk about having thick skin and getting rid of it in the book, Mm -hmm. but what that also does without that thick skin, it opens up my heart, my soul. I mean, I cry so easily. You know, if there's a dead raccoon on the side of the road, I am just praying over that thing that, oh my gosh, I hope it wasn't a mother or, you know, <laughs> oh, I hope, you know, that it's peaceful now or, you know, or just seeing, we were on a walk yesterday and passed a car with this woman just weeping in the car. And, you know, these kind of things just touch my soul now. And I want that to happen. I do. I yeah. want to feel the world. And sometimes it's great. Sometimes it, it just hurts and you can feel the the world just pulsing and you just think, okay, I can be kind. I can, you know, I can be, go out and give some soul confetti, you know, but there are times when I need it, when, Mm -hmm. you know, I am just down and out and thinking, oh my gosh, I did get, you know, when I get a bad review on Amazon, I'm like, wait a minute, how can you give me a bad review? (laughs) It's my life. Right. but that comes with it. And it's, it's saying, you know, you don't want everybody to, to, that would be my biggest thing. When I was young, I wanted everybody to love me and to like me and, you know, whatever it took, I'd get everybody to try to like me. And now I, I I just, it it doesn't have to be that way. And I just, I'll still love people though. I I will. That is what I will do. Yeah. (laughs) I still want to love people. Yeah, no, I can tell. And you are living in the present and willing to spread that because like when you told the story about uh, driving down the road and seeing an older lady coming down her slippery driveway and getting out to help her, I just think, man, I hope I would have even noticed that, you know, like sometimes you're just so busy in the day to day, like I got to get to work. I got to get to work and uh, rush, rush, rush. And I just think, man, I hope I would have even noticed that. Like I would have liked to have been that person to help that poor old lady, but would I have even seen her, you know? Yeah. 
But that's the thing now, like with the book, I want people to wake up and be, okay, okay, I'm not ready or I am ready, you know, <laughs> to go out into the world. And, you know, it's not that every day you have to be that person. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes I do know people that sometimes just getting out of bed is going to be hard for them. And just even sitting on the couch and trying to function. And I, and I understand that too. And, but I also think that even sitting there on the couch, they could just send a text to somebody. Sometimes texts make my day. Just that sure. someone, you know, I could be sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, you know, what am I, no one cares that I wasn't on Instagram today. <laughs> and then bang, a text would come and I'm like, oh, I've got all the friends in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just that, that thinking of, okay, what can I do? Doesn't have to be anything huge. I don't, you know, these people that I asked for money, that's huge to me. Mm -hmm. um, someday I want to repay that. Someday I want to be able to give money because I know what it is to be broke, to be, you know, and I hope everyone can go through that. I really do. To have no money and to, and to get that. I just feel like it's coming. It's coming. I'm going to yeah. get that VW van and I'm going to yeah. travel around and hand out $5 bills. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Um, is there a place, Colette, where we can buy your book that you make more money? Like if usually on Amazon, you get a smaller percentage. Do you have a website or anything? I do not. And okay. here's the thing. This is all new to me right now. What I am hoping, eventually, I would love to have a publisher pick this book up. Um, you know, it's self-published now, so I'm kind of at the mercy of Amazon and Barnes and Noble. But, right. um, but that is also easy. And I, but I also know that some people don't like, you know, like using Amazon. So eventually, when I do get that money, I would like to buy a hundred copies and be able to mm. sell them. You know, yeah. it's just getting that money behind me to be able to do that. I would love to do that, have a website where people can buy the books. I have bought them, I have paid for them. And also I um, don't get as much from the book because I put color photos in. I thought, you know, I didn't take a year out of my life to write a book to do black and whites. Mm. I could have done that and gotten more, $2 more a book. Oh, really? But I, no. I'm okay. not going to do it. Uh, yeah. Good choice. So the color photos actually <laughs> cost me, but I, I wanted color. I wanted the whole book to be totally. Color. Yeah. yeah. So well, it ended up beautiful. Right now, but like I said, someday I'm going to have money behind me and I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to. Um, is it like a print on demand type of thing? So if yes. I order a book, they print one and then send it to me. Is that how it works? You got it. It's print okay. on demand. Yep. Okay, cool. That's exactly what it is. Okay. Ingram so Spark does that. Okay. And Amazon is the, is the best place to do it at this point. I think it's the Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Amazon, almost everybody has, has shopped on Amazon. They can just, you know, click sure. it. The next thing you know, it's there. Yeah. It's no, it's, it's a quick button. I think the book was here in like a day for me and I read it in just a couple of days and beautiful, quick read. Uh, everyone, you're going to like it, be that person. And for anyone listening, if you buy this book, and read it and give it an Amazon review, give it a five-star Amazon review and then screenshot it and send it to me. I'll get you a do big things hat. So how about that? <laughs> Yay! Let's get some reviews for Colette and uh, let's pump this book out and uh, let's uh, spread some confetti. 
we can all yeah. do it. So, exactly. Exactly. Um, anything else that we missed in your story, Colette? I mean, I know we went over everything quick, but is there anything else that we should tell the people while we're here? No, I think once you read the book, you know, that is one thing the editor that did not know me, she said, you don't need so many exclamation points after <laughs> you know, I would have exclamation points after everything. She said, we can feel your energy through the book without all of that even. So she nice. had no clue who I was. I just hope people can feel that energy and can make a difference in their small little pocket where they live. Yeah. It doesn't have to be something huge. It can be something like helping a woman down the down their driveway. It can be um, adopting a dog that needs a second chance. It can be giving five dollars to somebody that you don't even know. It can it can be sending a text that says you made a difference in you know, or even just liking somebody's post and saying you know this was so cool. Thanks mm -hmm. you know for sharing that. And you know, there's just different ways every day to help people you know, to support others. And I think that's what we need right now. I do. Yeah. I think we can all do that. I agree. When you wake up in the morning, is that something you consciously have to like plant in your brain for the day? Like, what can I do to help people today? Or is that something that's just supernatural for you? Um, I think about it. And if I'm journaling, I always um, journal and just say, you know, who are you going to bring into my life? Hmm. Who needs me today? Or what do I need today? Hmm. You know, show me what I need today and don't let it be just about me. But there are days that it has to be about you. It does. Or you'll just implode. You know, like I, you know, I felt like um, I didn't take enough time for myself at times in my life. And um, other times I felt like it was all about me. You know, I was just on the spectrum of always about me, never about me. And I feel like I'm at a good balance now where. I want it to be, you know, there are times when you do need to reach out, but, you know, a lot of people said, Clet, I didn't know you were going through that. So in 2009, so that was on me of not sharing all of that. You know, I thought people would judge me for being in love with a woman. Um, but you want to know something? I probably should have nobody. Yeah. Yep. The people, you know, now I look back, they people love people, you know, yeah. the people that I ran into, the people that I hung out with, they they were great. And I just every morning it's and sometimes, you know, you can get caught up in the day. You know, I could just be delivering, 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 and then all of a sudden it'll be like, no, wait a minute, wait, I'm losing my focus. I'm just focused yeah. on these eggs. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? right. But um, yeah, so every day it is kind of something I think about and you know, these two help with that because they're very, both very outgoing. So, you know, we see people all the time. So it's interaction, it's being social, it's getting out there. But I also know that not everybody is social. And to those people, I say, send, send text, send an email, send a picture, a screenshot of something that That's says, it. this reminded me of you. Um, you know, I love that too. When people send me an email, um, that just said, this reminded me of you and it's yeah. a sunflower and <laughs> there's Buster. You're ready to go back outside. Huh? <laughs> uh, we'll let him outside in just a second, but um, I'm so glad that we met 10 years ago, Colette, like yep. what a, what a cool journey that you're on and a cool story. And I'm so, I was so happy to see that you wrote this book and I couldn't wait to read it. And uh, 
It's just like a little blessing. I feel like this, this could be a book where you could just like read a chapter a day as right before you're leaving the house, you know, just like read a chapter, get in a good mood, go out and spread some confetti. And that's what I wanted it. I wanted it to be a paperback. I did not want it to be a hardback. I wanted it to be paperback where people could carry it with them in a backpack, in a briefcase, in a messenger bag, and they could carry it with them on a plane. People have sent me photos from the beach, from an airplane, from that their book is in their backpack. And that makes my day because that's what I had pictured. Um, It's a book where you could just read a, you know, a chapter and it doesn't have to necessarily flow like, okay, what's next? What's next? Where you can read it and say, oh my gosh, I could be that person today. Yes, Yes, exactly. That's it right there. Be that person. All right. Colette, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. It was a great conversation. I enjoyed catching up with you. It's been too long. I know. And thank you. I (laughs) loved when you first moved down to Boulder, I would look and say, man, look at him on top of that mountain. Look (laughs) at him doing these things. You'd be all over the world. And I'm like, he is doing it. He is doing it. So I am psyched that you're doing this. It, you can just see your smile. They probably don't see your smile. Will they? (laughs) (laughs) Most people listen to this, but yeah, a couple of people will see it. Okay. They can see your smile. I see your smile. This brings you joy. And I just hope you spread that joy continuously. Exactly. Will do. Well, keep the story going, Colette. Like okay. I can't, I can't wait to read the next book, you know, written in August. Yes. All right. Well, yeah. cool. Keep it going. We'll have you back on. We'll get this book out there. And um, yeah, just thanks so much for doing this and, and, and have a great day, Colette. So good to see you. Okay. Can't wait to do I it again. Big hugs. Yes. Love you guys. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys, uh, heartfelt thank you for listening and hanging out until the end of the show. I really, really appreciate you guys. I'd like to give a shout out to all of our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. Their running apparel keeps you comfortable in absolutely any condition. Say goodbye to chafing and blisters. Check them out, exoskin.us. Use our discount code, capital BTC, for 15% off. Real quick, I want to tell you guys about Bigger Than the Trail. Bigger Than the Trail is a 501c3 tax-exempt organization that is using trail running as a platform to advocate for mental health. If you've ever thought about getting therapy and aren't exactly in a position where you can afford it right now, Bigger Than the Trail offers you free therapy for up to three months. No strings attached, you guys. This This is really, really cool what these guys are doing. I couldn't love what they're doing anymore, in fact. Uh, I signed up. It was quick. It was easy. They matched me with a therapist that met my personal criteria, and I meet with them once a week. I'm trying this thing. You guys should try this thing, and we can all do this together. Look up Bigger Than the Trail, sign up for their services, and let's do the small things in life that eventually lead us to doing the big things. Please let them know we sent you. We also want to thank our good friends at Alter Ego Running. They make premium performance hats, and who doesn't need a good hat when you're out running or on an adventure? These hats should be your go-to on your everyday runs, epic adventures, and just cruising around town. Check out Alter Ego Running. Use our promo code, capital DOBIGTHINGS, all caps, for 20% off. 
This podcast is also brought to you by our good friends at On Pace Wellness. Contact them if you need to get your nutrition on track. Mention this podcast. He's going to give you a 10% discount and get you properly tuned up. Last but not least, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest, in my opinion, non-alcoholic craft beer on the market. Check out athleticbrewing.com. Use my discount code, McRobertsA20, all caps, for 20% off the best non-alcoholic beer around. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. All right, guys, find us at big-things-crewing.com or patreon.com slash do big things. Life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro, take us for a run, homie.